debate, July 26th. I still feel like I'm in another world. All the medicines I take don't really help that much, so I stopped taking them. It's all just the same anyway. I think about it and I write it down. Write it down in my diary. There it is, on the table. Just a plain little notebook. But it holds so much that stays in my mind. So I never really reread it. There must be a great novel in there somewhere. I just don't know how I can pull it out. I write in it every night, or sometimes in the mornings, and sometimes in the afternoons when I have something I want to write down. She doesn't like me writing in the diary, so she watches TV. She tells me that I give an empty notebook more attention than her, and this may be true. She seems to be joking, but she probably isn't. I don't suppose it matters. She is as absorbed in her television as I am in my various other hobbies. After some time, I notice that she has started writing a journal of her own. She chooses conspicuous times to write in it when she knows that I might notice her. She asks me out loud how to spell certain indicative words like adultery, cheat, deceive. I tell her to get a dictionary. As often as I can, I try to write when I know that she's not around. Which is better, I think. She even puts her diary in an open place where I might have every temptation to read through it when she is not around. This makes me wonder if she reads my diary when I am not around. And is tempting me to share in her sin. She has asked me directly before and I have told her often that I do not want her to ever read my diary. In turn, she tells me that I could read her diary if I wanted to, if she ever had one, if I ever wanted to. And now she does have a diary, but I don't take the bait. I write in the diary about my family, about my memories, about my dreams, about my true feelings for her. I write about my hopes for the future, about my pain and my worst feelings. I write a lot about my hate, and this is not good perhaps. For she is just over there, a threshold away, but so close. And if she were to read these words, it would certainly spell disaster. 
This is why I try to write when she is not around, to make her less aware of this source of information, this bluebird's egg of sorts. She doesn't need this aggravation, although I can see her getting more and more tense, which makes her less and less beautiful in my eyes. I am melting in front of her, a helpless dove sinking in rage that is destroying me slowly. I don't want it to, but here it is. The rage, and it is indestructible. Luckily, I have enough for two. I begin to write in code for I'm suspecting already that she has been reading my diary. I know it, in fact. The doors in our apartment have no locks, inside doors or the outer door. So anyone from the street could, in theory, read this little bulletin of my insanity. I develop a theory that living in the dream world is sometimes better than the real world. My code becomes my reality, and I only write in code. In other words, I begin to fill my diary with lies, with half-truths, with untruths. I am careless with the truth. I know that she is reading when I say that I love her so very much that I will probably soon ask her to marry me and that we should live together permanently. I feel like a stranger writing these words, but somehow I know that they are only words and that if I were to ever read this passage again, I should know to read those words in mirror image. This is my code. And yet, in the days that follow that message, I notice that her step has become lighter, that she looks more cheerful. And one mid-month night we make love with an incredible abandon that I have never known before from her. So, I am now convinced that she has read my diary. In the days that follow, I feed more bait into my writings. I write down things that don't make sense. I write that I lust after her mother, whom I have never met, and that if we have children, I would have them too when they come of age. Then I write that I have met a new woman who has excited me so much, even though we hadn't begun anything yet. I stop writing in the diary at that point and begin coming home late. When I do this, I know that I have enraged her, but she can't confront me with anything she's learned from my diary without blowing her own story. She sniffs me for other women's perfume. She checks my collar for lipstick 
my back for nail marks. I am now convinced that she has become insane at the expense of my sanity. This reversal of fortunes holds me by surprise. I don't know what I am responsible for anymore. For myself or for her. I see that she has stopped talking to me, but has begun writing furiously in her own diary. She talks a lot on the phone with someone. I think it is her mother. What could they be discussing? It is at this moment that I begin wondering of ways to peep into her diary. I look for any opportunity. A moment finally comes when she breaks her ankle. She asks me to bring her diary to the hospital room, and I use this quick opportunity to take the journal to a photocopy shop, and I copy all the pages in five rushed minutes. I bring her the book, then return home and settle myself in for an afternoon of reading her words. The book tells me a lot. It says that she has been reading my diary, and the dates match those I had suspected. It also says that she has been in a lesbian affair with my sister, as well as several of our neighbors, men and women and couples, and has been treated for several venereal diseases, that she's dying of cancer, that she has my journal photocopied with her in the hotel room. 